Hey everyone, it's election time. How should Christians behave around election time and all the time for that matter? Uh, Good morning. It is Monday, October 24th, 2022. This is episode number 122 of The Back Shed. Good to have you here this morning. Welcome. That's right. It's election time. And the other day I was, it was actually a week ago on Saturday, I was over at Fair Oaks Park and suddenly I heard all kinds of uh, honking, shouts, screaming, lots of cars. I saw flags on these cars. And the next thing I knew, there was a parade, so to speak, coming through Fair Oaks Park. And it was a uh, local candidate for assembly who was uh, getting paraded around Fair Oaks. And uh, let me just say, this maybe wasn't the candidate that I would have that I would be voting for. Uh, but he came through and people were waving and people were honking and and so on. And it was uh, an interesting opportunity uh, to kind of have my faith right there and how I would respond. Uh, I can't say that I, I necessarily um, uh, well. We didn't interact. I waved at him. Uh, Or I should say he waved at me. He was the politician. So, yes, uh, saw this guy getting paraded through town. Made me think about the election. Made me think about uh, how we respond in the midst of election time and in the midst of any time. And so today is a, a little bit of a devotional as we take a quick look at the politics of the day. Um, but more important is how we respond to the politics of the day as followers of Jesus Christ. Lots of name calling, lots of political back and forth going on with a, an election in full force. Uh, commercials are on there. And, and the thing that always gets me about the commercials is that the, the commercials really will pin uh, pigeonhole a, a candidate into one particular area and it is either they believe this or they believe that there's nothing in between there's no nuance to it and it's really in so many ways designed to to polarize in a lot of ways you're either for us or you're uh against us and uh and and that's that's tough i i think something i've learned a lot about in the last several years is nuance that you never can look at something and say, that's exactly how it is. There's always nuance in everything. There is always a further discussion that needs to take place. And you you can't fit it into 160 letters or characters, I should say, um, to completely define how something is. Um, and when it, when it comes to an election, as, as we're heading into right now, it is a challenge... For Christians, because we often disagree with each other. And so we have strong feelings. I have strong feelings. I I can't wait. I am really looking forward to voting in this election. I think there's a lot at stake. I think um, that there are cultural issues that are really important uh, for Christians to um, be considering as we vote. Um, but the thing, first and foremost, that I want to say is, number one, we are citizens of heaven. 
and and if we take our citizenship and and put it on earth first and don't put our citizenship in heaven first we get ourselves in in some pretty big trouble because we end up falling into the trap that says that a political system is the solution for all the problems of today and that's the exact trap that uh in uh early new testament times when jesus was on the the earth that's the exact trap that the people were falling into there they were expecting a messiah who was going to solve all the world's problems politically they were expecting uh, a king to solve all the problems the thing is we have to have our citizenship first and foremost in heaven can't be on this earth um but at the same time, our citizenship also, um, for most of us, not the Millers, but uh, for most of us, we have citizenship here in the United States. And with that comes a privilege and a responsibility to be a part of this system, to be a part of this republic um, that, that, that I think God placed uh, in this uh, time and era, and uh, a a great form of representative government that we get to participate in. And so with that, we have a responsibility uh, to pray. We have a, a responsibility uh, to act with much discernment uh, and then head out there and vote, be involved, uh, whatever that looks like. We have people in our church that are uh, part of local city councils. We have people that uh, are very involved in school boards. We have people that, that get involved on a, on a national level and, and on a local level, and, and that's fantastic. Um, but the thing that, that really stands out to me is we can't separate um, our faith in Christ from the things that are that are happening in our day-to-day world around us on this earth and even in this country in the United States. And so uh, even as citizens of the U.S., we don't uh, stop being citizens of heaven. In fact, that worldview should be completely framing everything we do. That worldview um, should encapsulate um, all all things. So uh, it should be our filter uh, for every decision we make, every conversation we have, every vote that we make in this upcoming election. So with that, the the question I ask at the outset is, how is the Christian um, to behave around election time and ultimately around all times? I, In a wedding that I performed over the weekend, the the key verse or the key passage that I used as I was giving my message to the couple that was getting married was Philippians 2, 1 through 11. And so we're going to spend just a couple of minutes in Philippians 2, 1 through 11, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture this morning, because I think it tells us how do we act around the election time? How do we act anytime? Um, yes. And for uh, those that are watching along live today on the Sunrise Community Church Facebook feed here on Monday mornings at 10 o'clock, that's when we record live, um, some fun comments coming in. You, How do you act? You act with restraint, 
you act with patience. Yes, absolutely. You act with love for each other. And and this is the thing I love about this passage in Philippians 2, because Paul says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, so the, he starts with this assumption that the people he is writing this letter to are united with Christ, that they are one in Christ, with Christ, okay, that they have a relationship, that they are following Christ. So if you have any encouragement from that relationship that you have of being one in Christ with him, he says, if any comfort from his love, from the love that Christ has for us, if any common sharing in the spirit, or as uh, the previous NIV said, if any fellowship with his spirit, um, if any tenderness and compassion, he says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Make Paul's joy complete by being like-minded with each other, okay? As followers of Christ, if, if we have our salvation in him, if we have our comfort that comes from him, if we have this uh, oneness in the Holy Spirit, then from there, we are to be like-minded with each other. And as I was contemplating this, especially in regard to an election coming up and all of the political fray that is out there, how are Christians to be like-minded in this? And, and the more I thought about it, the answer really comes down to we should be the ones who model what it looks like to have uh, hard conversations and to do that well. We should be the ones who are, are not afraid to jump into a disagreement with somebody, but not um, for the sake of just backing up my claim or proving my point, but with the intent of becoming like-minded. And so you you walk into a conversation with somebody uh that is a, a, a brother or sister in Christ with that goal in Christ of being like-minded, okay? Which means I may need to stop in my thinking for a moment and actually listen to what my brother or sister in Christ has to say about something. And then I may need to speak up and be able to offer how I understand and how I perceive a situation to be. Because I think one of the problems that we have as Christians is in our goal of um, not being disagreeable, many times we hold off. Many times we don't speak up. We, we withhold our opinion or our thoughts or even ways that we believe God is compelling us. Uh, we hold those things back because we're afraid of offending somebody, right? But if we go in uh, in a way of our goal of being like-minded, we're going to speak in a way that is loving. We're going to speak in a way where our, our words are, are seasoned with salt, as Scripture says, right? And we're going to be open to listening and hearing from the other people and knowing that that person uh, who is a follower of Christ, is filled with the Holy Spirit, that I very well could be listening to God speaking through that person. And as we work those things through and work those things out, we become like-minded, okay? So that is, to me, an absolutely beautiful thing that we need to work toward as followers of Christ. 
not only during election season, but all the time, right? Okay, so he says, by being like-minded, this is in verse 2, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the what? Same love. Okay, so that's where it starts with the same love, being one in spirit and in uh, purpose. Uh, or as uh, the new NIV says, being one in spirit and of one mind. Okay, but one in spirit, one in purpose, that we uh, are followers of Christ together. Our purpose is the same, it is common. And our purpose is not winning a political battle, our purpose is reflecting the light of Christ to people who are lost in this world, right? And our, our purpose is to show the church um, uh, as, as an example to the world of, of what a true marriage looks like between Christ and the church. And so when we start to see what our real purpose is, our purpose isn't winning the election. Our purpose is showing Christ. Our purpose is reflecting Christ. Our purpose is showing other people what it looks like for a follower of Christ uh, to live in this, uh, in this world. And so he says, rather in humility, value others above ourselves. In my conversation with a brother or sister in Christ, or anyone for that matter, I need to value them as more important above myself, that I put you in a higher status than I hold myself. And often, I... Uh, it's easy to know that I'm right, because I'm always right, right? Anyone else like that? Um, and I'm being a little hyperbolic here, so don't, don't get too excited here. Um, but I, so many times, we just want to be right, or we believe that we're right. Uh, and so instead of taking the humble approach that says somebody else is more important than me, we take on the selfish approach or the uh, prideful approach, that is, that says, I actually am more important than others and they need to pay attention, listen to me because I am right. Well, how's that? Um, so much for restraint and patience with that. So rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of the others. So each one of you should look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. And so I have to start thinking, instead of going, what is most important for me, 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 I have to say, what is most important for that person, okay? How can I love that person well? How can I focus that person uh, challenge that person toward Christ as opposed uh, to making me uh, the important one. And so he talks about our relationships, and we're in verse 5. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But rather he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found as appearance uh, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Okay, so to, to skip towards application quickly here, because um, this is such, it's a rich passage and it's and, and so easy to apply uh, to us personally in our context today. Um, because Jesus Christ on earth 
is God, is equal with God, he is the Son of God, and it says that that he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In essence, he's saying he didn't make it the big deal to everyone that he was God. What he made the big deal was his humility, was his servanthood. And in essence, through that, showed his deity as he served others, taking the very nature servant, being made in human likeness, found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. How many of us, before others, are willing to humble ourselves, to make others more important than ourselves, not just making it about us, not just making it about me being right? And so when it comes to the political side of things, that I go, of course I'm right. I've, you know, all of my thoughts are very well formed, and um, and I've had many discussions about them, and and I've had 53 years to form these thoughts, and so yes, I am right. And Jesus looks at me and says, "Humble yourself. Even if you are right, humble yourselves. Put others first. Make others more important than yourselves." In verse 9, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Christ. Uh, Jesus is Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so it is God that is the one who does the exalting, not us. We don't exalt ourselves. Uh, he is the one that exalts. And... Uh, and so we look towards him, we put him first, we humble ourselves. So really, in essence, this has nothing to do with the election. It's everything to do with how a brother or sister in Christ, how they treat each other, how they love each other, how they show humility and patience with one another, how they lift the other need above their own. They make them more important. And in that, as we stop, listen, have conversation, two-way conversation, that in all of that, we become like-minded. And, and as you look back to the church, the early church in the book of Acts, you find that the outside looked inside to the church and they saw how they treated each other they saw how they loved each other. They saw how they cared for each other, and they wanted a piece of that. They wanted that. They wanted to be part of that community. And because of that, thousands of people were being saved then. Not because the Christians went out and had a political campaign, but because they were humble, they gave, they sacrificed, they considered others greater than themselves. So that is today's message here in the Backshed. Let's pray together, and we're going to get on with this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for this passage that, that you so clearly spoke to Paul, these words that he gave to the church in Philippi. And, and I pray for every one of us. I pray for myself this morning. I pray for anyone else here that is listening along or watching along. 
Um, Father, that you would help us, guide us into having an attitude of humility and patience and love and an attitude where we can lift others up as more important than ourselves uh, so that your gospel um, will be known. And so, Father, please give us a spirit of like-mindedness with brothers and sisters in Christ um, that those in the world may see us as followers of Christ and, and want Um, to know this Jesus that brings us together. In his name, in Jesus' name, we pray this. Amen. Uh, So there you go. That's it this morning. It's a simple message uh, from the Word of God. Hope you're encouraged by it. And uh, um, that's uh, that's fun stuff. I'm excited. We are, uh, if, if all goes well, this coming week, I will have a recorded version this next Monday of uh, Backshed on the 31st, because I'm going to be up at Zephyr Point at the conference center up there over the weekend with our men's retreat, our actual annual sunrise men's retreat that's taking place up there at Tahoe. And so what I'm looking to do is record an episode of Backshed from up there with the lake in the background. And that's, that's my vision. We'll see if that all happens. Um, see if the Lord wills, but be praying for all of our men that are heading up there over the weekend, it's going to be a great weekend. Um, I am confident that God is going to be at work in the lives of our men at sunrise over this coming weekend. Uh, so be looking forward to that uh, for our uh, time in the shed next Monday, if I can get all of that together. Um, and then some uh, some fun episodes coming up over the next several weeks. And as I'm looking down and uh, looking down my schedule in uh, late November, I uh, have a couple of really cool episodes that are going to be happening, one of which is uh, on November 21st, going to be welcoming Megan Fate Marshman uh, to the shed. And Megan is our speaker for our women's Christmas uh, breakfast that's going to be happening December 10th. And so we get to have Megan in here. So if you're going to attend our women's Christmas breakfast, you'll definitely want to be uh, listening along or watching along on that November 21st episode where you get to meet Megan. So that's it for today. Hope you have a fantastic week. It has been a pleasure spending this morning with you, and I will look forward to uh, having you back here next week in the Backshed. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for the Backshed Bible Study Podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. The Backshed is hosted by yours truly, Cliff Carey, and is a ministry of Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. The Backshed Bible Study can be viewed live every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Facebook at facebook.com slash sunrisecommunityonline. All video episodes are also available at youtube.com slash sunrisecommunitychurch. For more information about Sunrise and its ministries, go to www.sunrise.church. We hope you're able to join us again next time here in the Backshed.